Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jeff Fisher. Jared Brandon. And hey, I'm Todd Novak. I'm pleased to meet you. Glad you're here. Um, we are uh, escaping with the skin of our by the skin of our teeth here. We've had a huge technical snafu because we've upgraded our computers and um, unfortunately, M Audio has not <laughs> uh, upgraded their drivers for their USB interfaces. So that has made life very difficult just before this. Um, but somehow we managed, um, so we'll do the best we can. It is. It looks like uh, a garage sale on the table. Or very, very common. Yeah, we sold, sold everything. And times. We, we bought all our own stuff back. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is this is definitely like when you buy a wah pedal and then you sell it because you're like, man, I'm never going to use this. And then you go, damn, I need a wah pedal. And then you go buy it and then you say, man, I'm never going to use this. And then you go buy it, sell it, and then you buy it again. I've done that. I'm on my third wah pedal. Stupid. Hmm. Anyways. Um, so anyways, uh, we are uh, excited to discuss pickups again. This is, um, I'm starting to drift into Jeff Goldblum land a little, a little bit there. And um, <laughs> it's very fascinating. Uh, so um, last episode, we had single coil 101. So this is Humbuckers 101, and Jared is going to be kind enough to initiate that conversation for us. But first, what is going on in your dude's music? I wish I could ask everybody out there that's listening, like, hey, Brosif in in uh, Japan, what is what happened in your music week? Hey, uh, Mr. Man in Brazil. What did you do in your week? Hey, lady friend in Iceland, what did you do this week? Yeah. Man, that would be so cool. I wish we could do that. Um, but we can't. It's just us. So, womp, womp. But anyways, Jared. Well, so I have a an anonymous customer, and he called me up yesterday, and he's like, hey, man, I want a P90 sound to come out of a Firebird shell. And I said, okay, I'll figure it out. Like so, Firebird, like a like a mini humbucker. That's right. A okay. Firebird mini humbucker. He right. said, I want it to look like that, but right. I want it to sound like a P90. That's and cool. I, I said, give me a few days. I will design something and cut out some parts on my laser. And and so this this is going to be cool. You know, So the challenge is um, getting a P90 sound out of a, a shell. that. Now, I, I did some some uh dimension comparison and it's not very it's not really different so i think i can do it the only thing is it's going to be the cover thing there's no um alloy cover on a p90 it's all plastic so the the magnetic field you know doesn't have to go through any type of metal alloy and we'll talk about that a little later yeah so that's the only thing that i'm going to have a little trouble with and there, there won't be any adjustable poles either so that's that's new i've never tried to do something like that uh um so it's i mean i have but not a p90 that's that's kind of random you know usually guys just buy a p90 you know if they want the p90 sound but 
Right. I think it's a an issue of um, not wanting to modify your guitar body. I love that idea, though. I I I, I think that's really cool that you you were able to a facilitate that, but but b that someone actually is like. You know what? I I don't want to mess this. I want to keep this integrity, but I've got a good idea. I think this can be done. I think a lot of times people just say, "Well, that probably can't be done," or "I probably I shouldn't mess. I shouldn't do this because it might mess it up." Like integrity of the. Uh, I mean, and granted, some guitars and stuff you really don't want to mess up. I understand that. Yeah, you know, you could you can just say, "Oh yeah, that I can do that easily." Stick a, a humbucker bobbin in there, but. But uh, you have dimensional problems. You, a humbucker bobbin's not going to be big enough to facilitate all those winds, and you want to use close to the same uh, type of wire um, as in size, so you could get the right mm-hmm. sound out. You know, so interesting. So yeah, that's that's kind of new in my world right now. I'm I'm sorry, it's nothing different than pickups, but that's what I do all day. So um, yeah, yeah, that's what's uh, that's what's happening. But you you got to plan too, right? Oh yeah. So what's yeah. your what's your uh, rig that you're kind of favoring right now? I know that you have. Um, so uh, let me back this up. Jared's p- pretty new to the podcast, um, and what he does is uh, he makes pickups. Um, but this isn't the Jared Brandon pickup show. I will just say that, and we will have lots of other pickup builders and stuff. And I'm we're not favoring to that his. Too, yeah. 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 So. Um, so it's just really topical as far as like what he's doing. That said, um, we've been to, uh, you know, his shop. Uh, he's got quite a few rigs and quite a few guitars, obviously, to test all this stuff. So that, uh, what, are you, what are you playing there right now? The easiest thing to turn on right now is my Black Star. Um, so it's a 60-watt... Um, it's got one twelve inch. It uh, it's your standard it's got, like home combo. Yeah, like it's low, a like soloist small gig is called maybe. or something. Yeah. It's it's got a lot. It's got it, it's a normal just amp. It's a great little combo amp. It sounds great. Um, it's got a ISF button that you or a knob. I mean, and you can yeah. go all the way to the left, and it's American. Go all the way to the right, and it's more of a British sound. Yeah. So I I really like that because you can. You know, uh, I like to te- to test pickups out because you can right. get different sounds. And then I have two oranges that um, I'll use too, and I like right. to run stereo. But that's just a personal preference kind of deal. They're they're uh, AC thirties or ADs. I I don't remember what they are. AD thirties or yeah, they're thirty the watts. ACs are the boxes. Yeah, they're AD AD thirties. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. They're great little amps. I like the sound of orange. Yeah, and then you got uh, the Marshall stack. Yeah, that's got a preamp out, but yeah, I just have to change a darn thing. Mm. That's all. What what guitar? So like, do you have a specific guitar that um, like you tend to go to just testing wise? Lately, it's that Explorer that I bought. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that's got a a high gain uh, output uh, pickup in it right now. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a dirty finger output, but I've been playing that a lot and been messing with that. Those um, feel so good. I love the weight distribution on those. Oh, those yeah. Fantastic. I like it, too. I love the neck. Everything about that guitar is awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Nice. So Hefe, 
Yes, sir. What's up, bro, dude? Mm. Been on vacation, so haven't done much of anything the last week or so. Mm -hmm. But did go to a, a show last night. And? And. Wait, what show? King's X. Oh, you went to King's X. Okay. Yeah. With, with uh, Nathan and yeah. Matt. Yeah, right on. But since you're talking about orange amplifiers. Did you hear music? I heard music. <laughs> you um, he was using or or Ty Tabar, to however you say his last yep. name. I probably screwed that one up. Was playing an orange amp, which oh. I thought was interesting because he usually plays uh, like an old, well, I think most of his sound he got back in the old days was like a trainer solid state something or other that had this crazy awesome tone yeah i haven't seen trainers a lot lately yeah they well there's so many boutique amps that are taking the spotlight right now yeah so i thought it was interesting that he was playing that i was curious what kind of sound he would get out of it and it, and it did not sound like an orange at all so he was running something crazy in the front and end of that thing which i couldn't see what um but, whoa like was it uh, com was that the combo head head cabinet? What? Uh, it was yeah, it was a Rockford. Or? I don't know exact model. Don't know. Okay. Um, it was a it was a head with two cabs. Okay. So side by side or stacked up and down? Side by side. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. But it yeah. it was interesting. His his tone was there, but it was definitely not orange sounding. But he uses a crap ton of effects, right? I'm not sure. His board looked pretty small from the side. Yeah. So I didn't see the top of it, but it sound. I mean, from the sound of it, it's like he really boosted or really pushed the front end with like a lot of mid. Yeah. Which was breaking up the amp in a different way, which I thought was, was really Does interesting. Sound good? Sound good? Or Yeah. I mean, it was good. It was not what I expected though. Like oh. I was expecting the sound that you hear and it was close, but uh, it wasn't the same. It was... It was definitely super gainy, super high gain, mm. which he controls really well, of course. But oh wow, that's interesting. That's cool. Interesting show. Never right saw on. him before. Would uh, you? Would you buy another ticket for him? Yeah, I'd go back. That's not a band we've heard a lot of in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that they are still kicking. They're yeah. still kicking it out, and they still come out with new stuff, which I've not listened to in many Super many years dudes. yeah uh, but yeah i mean they're old guys now which yeah. is it's cool that they're still doing it they're still up there playing and having a good time so that's cool it was it was cool to watch nice man mm. did you have a good view of the, of the board could you see could you pick out any of his his board yeah uh i was only like three people back so like it wasn't crowded i could have walked up there and looked at it but it was eh, whatever yes Sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah, but yeah. It was close. I mean, it was tiny place. There's, I think, 160 people actually showed up. Wow, which was pretty that's, cool. It was in. It's so a, weird to think about. Uh, a professional wrestling, uh, little outdoor building. Really? Yeah, hmm. that's bizarre. I don't know how this all got set up, but it. Yeah, they have professional wrestling in this building, and then Kings X. Another Why night. not? Hey, we should play. <laughs> should get a gig there. You probably could. That'd you could play. Good. Yeah. While they're wrestling. Awesome. That'd be punk great. rock going in there. Georgie yeah. Animal Steel visited our classroom. Wait, they weren't time. wrestling. Why they? Open? No. Okay. No wrestling going on. <laughs> Jeez. Um, 
Well, I have been spending my time um, playing with a new pedal that I got. Well, it's not a new pedal. I, I think I made a pretty good score on Craigslist. I got a, um, a TC Hall of Fame, and uh, it is in... I mean, it's in perfect condition, extra cables and everything. I got it for 60 bucks. Nice. Cha-ching! What's the Hall of Fame? It's the uh, Reverb. Mm. Uh, it's their, like, they they scored with that Reverb. It's a it's a regular, I guess you could say, regular size pedal. It's probably actually a little bit thinner, just a, just a touch. Um, and uh, it's just got a, it's got a great range of of reverb settings um it's got a nice little switch so you can you can have like uh, uh you know it there's just a lot of good stuff on it and a small pedal and considering how much reverbs are going for right now it's like, like reverbs are crazy expensive boutique reverbs are like bonkers money you know most of them there's a lot of them that kind of hover like or you know just around the 125 area and I like I like the idea of having those unique pedals, but I also there's there's uh, areas that I want would rather invest in, um, and reverb just wasn't one that I wanted to drop a whole bunch of dough on. My next one though that I really really want they do TC also makes a thing called the Viscous Vibe, and I want that thing bad. Mm. It's a uh, kind of a mix of. Uh, like a vibe and a phaser because um, I'm still trying to unlock my phaser issue. <laughs> I thought you got a phaser. I did, and then I sold it like a week later. Oh, you didn't tell us that, did you? Yeah, because it was just like I, I couldn't I, – I want to I want to be able to control the actual output. I thought you were going to – I thought there's you found it. duration I thought you and found there's that. feedback on – so, okay, Re, brief recap. To, you know, a, a, a Pedal phaser style number one is speed. That's it. That's just a that's an MXR ninety, right? Mm. Um. Now a lot of them have uh, what they would call script setting, which would have been the old MXR setting, which is slightly different. It's it's a little less in your face, um, a little little softer, and then, uh. That one has uh, so like the uh, the MX the MXR one hundred is uh, you get a couple different shapes oscillation shapes, mm. um, but it's still rate and feedback on those or rate and oscillation shape. That's what it is. And I was just like, I just want one that lets me do that, but then let me control the the mix. You know, yeah. I don't want a hundred percent wet going into where I just click it and then all you hear is freaking phaser. Right. Like I want to blend it. And that, and I love the idea of like a ten or fifteen percent blend of like a, a a vibe. Just some what just some motion to the sound. I, I like that. So like I like playing along. I'm a I'm a big Oasis fan. I love I love Oasis. Uh the the entire library. Uh I'm not a hit guy. Um and I've always I, there's movement in in uh, Noel's in Noel's playing, mm. and uh, so when I'm playing, like if I plug in and I'm kind of playing along with it, and I got my Sheraton two playing along, it's like 
right now it just it feels very very dry and I, and I want it to have a little bit of movement so so I'm looking at TC viscous vibe and I hope that doesn't just jack the prices up right there because you know <laughs> we're so financial Ooh. anyways um so yeah that's what I've been doing but uh it's really nice hearing some of this uh you know being able to play and, and saying you know what I, I've got a much wider range of reverb my old reverb um, I was just using the built-in reverb and, you know, it's good, but limited. Yeah. Anyhow. It's getting hot in here. Yeah, it's in here so. Anyways. Um, all right. Holy moly. Time to learn about some Mother uh, humbuckers and crap. Oh, yeah. So um, we're calling this Humbucker 101 because we're going to touch on the early like where did all that where did all this come from and why up to where we're at um and we won't make it like having to try to read a, a wiki page so jared yeah, go yeah, yeah no, i don't want to be fast, as, as dry as i was oh, the last show in my opinion but you need uh, a, a wet knob <laughs> that's right that's wow that's <laughs> <laughs> whoa anyway back to humbuckers <laughs> <laughs> that's still legal <laughs> yeah that is yeah we have a friend Toledo yeah. that would do that too anyways go ahead um, okay so back in the old 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 days in the 50s they were starting to build amps with more wattage and you know with your single coil pickups um, and what did they what did they uh, what did they do they made noise because of what the 60 cycle hum if you listen to the last episode, um, it kind of worked like an antenna. So um, with the louder amps, that would amplify that hum as well. And it was getting annoying. So is that kind of like the hum we're hearing in the background of this recording? What? You can imagine that's what it is, sure. Sorry for all the hum. <laughs> There's, uh, okay, sorry, so keep it, going. <laughs> yeah, we need to humbuck the hum in the recording, man. Uh, so... Gibson told one of their employees, like, hey, man, we need to come up with something that gets rid of this noise, and it's coming from the single coil. So Seth Lover. Um, Wait, time out. <laughs> so I think it's probably fair to say that it, 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 we're talking about like single coils, like like a Strat or Tele, something like that, right. right? Now, back then, we also were... We had smaller amps. That's right. Cranked louder. Yep. Right? Um, we also did not have layered effects masking that hum. Yeah, absolutely So not. you were playing clean as a whistle through an underpowered amp. You're cranked up. So that is going to be amplified way more so. Right. Okay, carry on. Surf. I mean, what, what was popular in the mid-50s? I don't even know. Sur surf hadn't really Sur or come. Jazz yet. or was jazz still pretty? Well, no. Hot I mean, it was then? it was still like rock, like Country. early early rock, like, like early. Buddy Holly. Yeah. Um, I need to go back and study my yeah. rock evolution. Uh, Elvis was what late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, something? but he wasn't. They weren't playing like guitar centric. I mean, he had they, right. it was guitar was in the mix, but it wasn't. It wasn't like, the centerpiece of yeah. rock and roll yeah. yet. But anyway, however, the amps were getting louder and bigger, so so was the hum noise. And uh, so Seth Lover, and I, I know you 
if you guys are into pickups at all, you know what that name, who that that fella is, and and he is credited to have invented the humbucker and and <laughs> Seth Lover worked for Gibson, right? And uh, he was known for his radio work, and, and Gibson actually uh, concentrated on on radios for a while too during the war for uh, the war for the cause or whatever, but uh, anyway, Seth Lover figured out that if you took two coils and and you uh, had them out of phase with each other and ran them in series, well, that means that there's one start and one end, and, and it starts with one coil, and the two, at the end of the coils, the leads, at the end of the turn, you hook those together, and you ended with the start of the of the next coil. So I'm I'm sorry I don't have a picture to show everybody. So you have an in series. So you're running a series of two coils, and uh, they're out of phase because you're you're starting with a start, and then you're starting with the finish of the next series coil, and you're ending with the start. Um, so you're just you're describing phase. I am doing my best. Okay. <laughs> so that cancels out the uh, single cycle hum. There you go. And uh, the magnet, uh, the the opposite magnetic field from the magnet are basically are, they're transferred through the slugs and screws in each coil. And the sound crossing the windings become out of phase and therefore canceled. The signal pickup by the... Uh, poles is in phase though. It's it's so really so slugs. You're, when you're saying slugs, slugs those are the little poles that right. that are, you know the posts, posts, slugs, poles, all the same thing. That's right. And that's about as technical and deep as I want to get. So you guys don't fall asleep out there. But if you have that basic structure and that that basic uh, wiring. That's what makes a humbucker. You're bucking the hum. The the magnet in between? The magnet in between. Okay. And is that that's the same kind of magnet that is that the posts are made of? Or is it different? It's it's the same kind of magnet. You have a south and a north pole. That's what you need. And, yeah. and the the south and north, the magnetic uh flux, the magnetic energy needs to now is your how, is your Go sound through. going to change? So so essentially we've got mentally we've got two single po- coil pickups that have been put next to each other right. horizontally, in be- and in between is a slab, uh, like a magnet, a like, bar. So right, so think of like two sticks, like a stick of gum, mm-hmm. in between two single coil pickups. That's just yeah, that's one version and in a very common version, the having the bar. Yeah. Um, but basically, as long as you have a magnetic field of a north and south mm-hmm. that's going up through these, you know, alloys and these metals that, or whatever carries that magnetic field, and it's creating a uh, a magnetic energy, yeah, you know, that's in the field of the strings, so the strings can disrupt that energy. Uh, that's a humbucker. You those elements is that is what cancels out the hum is the way that structure is made right and so in very very elementary terms that's why a les paul sounds a little warmer a little 
blurrier than a telly, I which sound what can sound ice picky, right? I mean, right? Well, it's it's a darker tone because you've got a lot. There's a lot more that that is that right. sound is going through. It would be like if we were if we if you if I double tracked you right now mm-hmm. versus a single track, right? It'd be darker, right? And it'd be darker, and it yeah. would just be there would be a a, 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 a I would want to say a fuzz because we have fuzz effects, but there would be a, a subtle blur on it that right. made it sound fuller and less precise. So but I have a question regarding that inner magnet. If you, and maybe you're going to get to this, but if, uh, if there's a standard uh, weight or uh, rating on that magnet. Grade, yeah. Grade. Do people play with making that magnet more magnetic, less magnetic, what effect does that have on things? Uh, that's a great question, and that's a that's a really big deal. Um, and that's something I didn't get to the last episode was magnets. Yeah, You can get different well, well, Yeah, magnets. we spent some time on magnets. Uh, a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, Towards we, spent, the end. we spent time on magnets. Okay. But... It was it was a lot more technical, right? Uh, you know, like, I think I wanted to get deeper, but yeah. anyway, there's there's different grades of magnets, and and yeah, it does it does make a difference. There's, um, your all nickel five is well, bis, bis, okay. Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off again real quick. What, <clears throat> sorry, what when when we are talking about changing that magnet before you get into what changes. Uh, what affects that change? Okay, like what elements affect that change? When you change that magnet, what effect does it have on the pickup? The strength. This it it. Some people want to argue this, but it's. I the think magnet, Jeff does. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> the magnet uh, provides the magnetic field, right? It's yeah. it's the the power. It it. That's what the structure relies on to uh, to be able to it powers the magnet. You have to have the magnetic field there for the strings to disrupt, to pick up the uh, the vibrations. I right. mean, it, it's got to be there. That you don't have magnetic field, you don't have sound. Right. So that's basically your power. So help me understand. I'm so I'm I'm. I'm playing the weaker, weaker magnet, um, the more of a darker sound. Right. Okay. Uh, the 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 higher strength magnet, um, and, and it all depends. Is you're going to get a more higher pitch, shrilly sound. Okay. So, it, so and that so so help so put that into perspective of like. Is a heavier magnet or a more powerful magnet something more along the lines of like a super distortion? Yes, of course it is. Okay. Yeah. And a lower power stick of gum magnet. All Nico two slash. Cool. Perfect. Now we're talking. Now we got it. Yeah. So like cream buckers or you know all, anything that's creamy in tone. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Of course. Um and actually was it? I can't. I think it might have been on. Uh, uh, that pedal show. Mm. Oh, just not going to, I'm not going to do it. He's not going to do it for me. Hello. <laughs> um, th- uh, they were talking about, I think it was them. 
I don't know. I watch an awful lot of guitar stuff. So uh, there's a misconception that like burst buckers are that higher output, but they're right. actually not. They're lower output. They're lower output, and the reason they're called burst buckers is because they're basically a copy of the original Seth Lover, Seth Lover design. Blah, 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 that too. And people call those the the guitars that generally had those uh, humbuckers uh, were called bursts, right? Because of the finish, right? The standard burst. Look at the, look at us uncovering history. Whoa, I like that history yeah. um, unfolding. And back in the old days, they actually called them sunbursts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now they just call them bursts. So well, it gets confusing because there's sunbursts, there's tobacco bursts, there's you know, right. well, anyways, um, I don't think Gibson sh- should have even call. I think Gibson just just call them regular humbuckers. They're the ones that came up with the darn thing anyway. You know? Right. It is. It is very misleading because it's, I think when you think of like a burst bucker, it's going to sound like modern rock. Right. You're but thinking, oh, this not. is going to be really powerful and bursty. You know, it's yeah. going to burst with power. You know. Whatever. Yeah. OK, so yeah. that was very helpful to understand what exactly that magnet in between does. How does that magnet then affect the the posts in the actual pickup? Well, basically, the posts are just an extension. They're they're used as an extension of that magnet. Gotcha. To, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they just harness that magnetic power. And I fu- extend I have it a out. full understanding of how a humbucker works now. Yeah. Thank you. Now the posts have to be. Oh uh, boy! Here we go. They have to carry the magnetic field. So if you've got aluminum, like, oh, I'm going to change the tone of my pickup, and you stuck aluminum screws in or aluminum stru- uh, slugs, you'd have nothing because right. they don't they don't conduct um, magnet mag- magnets. Not very well, no. No. Hardly at all. Or a brass or, you know, a nickel plate. It's got to be a mixture of alloys. Right. You know. So, how big is this? Is that little magnet that sits in between? I'm just trying to get a mental picture of like. I mean, it can't be that big. It's about two and a half inches long. Uh-huh. Um, I would say, oh, a half inch wide and. Is it about the thickness of a stick of gum, like a Wrigley's? No, it's 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 <laughs> like a juicy fruit. Two maybe. It's been a while since I had a stick of gum. Man, juicy fruit sounds good too. <laughs> My grandparents always had gum, man. Yeah, grandma's like juicy fruit. I don't know why. They always had the the mega, you know, uh, the bulk packs. So yeah. it wasn't just one pack; it was like five packs. Yeah. But anyway, I miss that their house. They don't really do that anymore. They have dentures too. The zebra stripe gum that was the best. <laughs> yeah. oh, I that. hated that stuff. That take about gum the best. I would ah. say take about two. <laughs> Two, two sticks. sticks of gum. Yeah. I so would like, say. okay, yeah, yeah, and and uh, there's like th- Wrigley's Double Mint now. Yeah, it's two. Right, two, it, two sticks and one. They yeah. uh, Gibson actually just took the magnet out of their P90 and used that first, and then they made them a little thinner a little later oh, on. Interesting. Yeah, they they did a whole bunch of funny things and. In a lot of trial and error. Okay, um, so now I fully derailed you. So where? We, we, I know. Gosh darn it. So the, <laughs> I know. Afraid to swear. I don't want to swear. Um, <laughs> yeah, keep us in Apple's good graces. Yeah, my mommy might listen to that. I don't want to disappoint my mom. Um, 
She won't give you any more gum. No more gum for you. Yeah. What the hell was I talking about? (laughs) We were talking about humbuckers. Oh, magnets. What what does the magnet do and what what are the posts for and all that kind of thing? Now, let's let's talk about kind of a a different humbucker other than the actual Hold on. I have one more construction thing for you real quick. Please ask. All right. Gauge of wire. All right. Right. So we're talking now. We're now we have three components. We've got the posts. Mm-hmm. We've got the metal, the, the the magnet in between the two coils. Right. And we've got the wire. Right. Okay. Same concept. <sighs> same concept. I know what you're going to ask. How does that make sound and change the sound and all that kind yep. of thing? Right. Well, just like last week, the because uh, when we were when we were at your place, like you showed us some wire that literally we couldn't we couldn't even see it. Yeah, like the thinner the wire, the more resistance, and the more turns, length in a coil, the less range and higher frequencies. So you're going to have, if if you took a humbucker, like the super distortion, um, let's talk about, you know, DiMarzio. Uh, great inventor, by the way. He, he deserves a lot of credit. And, and uh, he, what he did was he started using thinner wire, mm-hmm. and but he uses a ceramic magnet, which is much different than on Nico, mm-hmm. and in the ceramics in the fifties was more of a an economical, but he actually started using ceramic efficiently, right? And, and that's what most of the modern pickups that you're going to buy off a of factory line are. Yeah, you know your uh, your cheapies uh, use a lot of ceramic because it still is more uh, economical yeah. to use. Um, and it's, it's cheaper, but like I said, Demarzio uses them and, and he actually put them to really good use. Gibson actually used them later on. Um, but he used thinner wire, but that ceramic magnet has different, uh, frequency prop properties, mm-hmm. uh, than on Nico and the, the balance in the combination of the thinner wire and the, and, and more impedance and that magnet, it's got a higher, uh, resonant peak. <laughs> then you re- it results in the super humbucker sound. I mean, it's a it's a real thick, uh, wide sound. I it's hard to to is that so so essentially you're getting it's it's the thicker the wire, the maybe less impactful the sound, the less oh, the driven less in, the sound, less impedance. Uh, the the thinner the wire, the more resistance. You know, the if you had thicker wire. Uh, you're going to have more of a. I mean, there's so many. It's so confusing. Um, to try and to we're put also it all talking about like microns of difference, right? I mean, um, maybe not microns. You can, you I'm know, not, if, I'm no doctor scientist. I, <laughs> you know, if it's all in structure, the super distortion's different because the the magnet's actually higher in a in a different shape. Once you start getting different shapes of parts in a, in a in a pickup, you're going to change the sound. Yeah. And it depends where the posts or magnets or are in relation to each other on a humbucker. You can actually change the sound just by spreading those two coils apart from each other. Okay. Now, if you'll notice an actual humbucker, just a regular everyday humbucker, you get out of a Les Paul, the old humbucker I'm talking about that Seth Lever did, compare that to a mini humbucker. Now a yeah. mini humbucker, the the two coils are closer. Now 
the magnet, uh, the magnetic properties actually are closer together where they come out uh, in those coils because they're smaller. It's got to be more compact, so it's yeah. closer together, thinner sound. Right. Okay. And it's also a shorter pickup, correct? Uh, no, actually, the the uh, they're a little bit taller. The bobbins really? are a little bit taller, and okay. they're shorter in the. I'm sorry, they're they're shorter in the aspect of 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 spread. Yes, uh, the yeah. length of the Just pickup. The is, length of the pickup is shorter, slightly shorter, but the height is the height taller, right? To than a standard humbucker. So you're changing the the shape of the bobbin where the, the coils are that mm -hmm. has attributes to the tone as well in resonant peak. Yeah. So, uh, dig on it. I'm, I'm off freaking track again. <laughs> okay. Success. So that you're going to get a different <laughs> color of sound if you mess with the structure of the pickup. So yeah. compare those two. And then, and if you really want to hear of a huge difference, get a, a wide range humbucker. And compare that to a mini humbucker. It's crazy. Oh, man, so, we haven't got any. We're, we're getting there on that one. Woo. We'll get to wide range in, in a second. Yeah, that's a whole different okay, back uh, to your, animal. Back to your deal. Yeah, so so there you have it. I mean, there's you you change the uh, the shape of the pickup, and you change the sound. You change the color of the sound. Now, right. um, back, so, back to the history, um, for Gretsch, there was a guy named Ray Butts, B-U-T-T-S, as in Butts. Um, <laughs> that's right. Butts. Butts. Yep. Yeah. He He's uh, credited for inventing the Filtertron. The Filtertron. That's Tron, right. The Filtertron, the Filtertron, Tron, Tron, has smaller, uh, shorter coils, kind of like the, it's built kind of like the mini humbucker. It's kind of in between the size of a mini and a humbucker, uh -huh. and a regular humbucker. If you want to, you know, and just, this came out like about r roughly the same, roughly the same time, and they were racing to get their patents right uh, put in place, and that's where we get the, the patent applied for deal, right? Yeah. So Gibson uh, first started putting their humbuckers in. Um, oh, I've got this written down because they 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 started putting them in the uh, console grand pedal steels. And the electric harp. Boom. And, uh, yep. So if you find one of those at a garage sale, pick one up. Because it, if it has a humbucker in it and it's a double cream, you'll get like five grand for the damn Holy thing. moly. Yeah, they go for big money. It's time to go antique. What is that called again? What's the, that? The, the pedal. You said the pedal? No, oh, it's a, uh, remember this, everybody out there. A console grand pedal steel guitar from Gibson. Oh, a pedal steel guitar. That's right. I'm sorry about oh. that. Not just a pedal. It's a, a pedal steel and an electric harp. Okay. Steel. I, I think that's a steel guitar. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But they, that's where they started uh, distributing these pickups, these humbuckers. Right. Because um, at the time, the, the Les Pauls were still rolling with the P90s. Right, the P90s. Yeah. Now, the humbucker actually replaced the P90s. Right. They didn't offer it as a either or. That's right. They just they're like, hey man, we have we solved the the sixty cycle thing. See you later, P nineties. And then in the early seventies, uh, Gibson started making their reissue guitars, yeah. and came the P ninety back again. You know, and yeah. then uh, ever since then, they they've been people love the old P nineties. Yeah, you know, because you can get rid of that a lot of that hum through. Uh, you know gates and crap so, like that. So so we 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 touched on uh 
you know, I, there are certain buzzwords in talking about humbuckers that I think either if you're a beginner guitar player or, you know, even if you're well into it, a lot of times you're just like, I, I don't know, they're just called PAFs, you know. What, what, uh, but yeah. so when, at what point did it switch over from being PAFs to humbuckers? And at, at now, if, if I want to uh, do a custom build or something, or I wanted to replace the pickups in my uh, in my Black Beauty, and I said, "Hey, can you build me a pair of PAFs?" What is the difference between the PAFs and a standard humbucker? The PAF is basically an abbreviation word right. for patent, patent applied, applied for, for right for Seth Lover's invention, which is the first humbucker. Right. And are the properties exactly the same? Yeah, they're exactly the same. So then what why? because the PAF, that's yeah. what it it refers to. It's that P it's it's that pickup that Seth Lover designed. Okay. That's what PAF means. So when we're talking about that pickup, are we talking about um, output is that what kind of identifies that's a lot of things and that's that's a whole nother thing that we can get into for hours and hours um well we don't have that we don't uh so <laughs> i want to make a shout out to a um a pickup maker named john gundry and he owns throwback pickups okay he does a fantastic job that's john gundrad throwback pickups that's right he's a great guy by the way um real friendly talked on the phone but he has a website, and he explains the history of PAFs and everything about the old PAFs. Yep. He has a number of the old winders. He has some of the original winders that Gibson used, and he has other winders that that are the they gotta same. be what getting up there in age. They can, can they still wind those things anymore? No, oh, of course they you're still use the them, but they're the I mean, obviously they're modified to work now, and you're not gonna get the same like a hip replacement exact right. And you're not going to get the exact result because those machines were originally owned by, I, I don't think they were really made for pickup bobbins. I think uh, phone companies use those. Interesting. Uh, the the original uh, Lisona that Gibson used was used. It was from a phone company. Crazy. Yeah. So Seymour Duncan has one of the original ones. I think John has uh, possibly so one of the original So some of those older Lisonas pickups kind of have a ring to them, right? Hey. Well, the thing was, the, those machines were so so loose, and all the I don't. It's hard to explain the yeah. the, uh, the mechanics of it were so yeah. loose. The original PAF. When people say, "Oh man, that sounds like an original PAF," yeah, well, that's a bunch of hogwash because the original PAFs were so different from each other because uh, the magnets, the Alnico magnet grade that they got back then. It, it, I don't think. Now I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this. I, I don't. I think the industry standard back then was really loose. So you get all these different types of uh, magnet grades that that Gibson used. Yeah. Uh, the metal grades, the metal is another thing that people like to dig into when it comes to the old, original PAFs. There was different types of alloys made for the the slugs and screws. So you have all these different, and and then you have right. the windings too. People. So uh, so that would give you a reason to say so like um if you if you watch a video some from say like Chicago Music Exchange or something mm -hmm. they said 
oh, we got this, you know, gold top here, and this is one of the best sounding gold tops we've, you know, I've ever played, or something like that. You're like, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like somebody who may not have an understanding of this would would easily say, why is that any different than the one that was made right after it or before it? But what you're saying is those though the the characteristics of the elements and how they were put together essentially create the voicings of those pickups much yeah. ju- just like a violin um so if you go uh to uh, a violin shop which i actually just got through doing and we got eight violins lined up and it's like play each one right and each one has a completely different voice now it may not the pickups may not be as apparent as the violins, but um, my daughter and I were, were doing that. And like, we just closed our eyes and listened. And man, as soon as we heard that, like the, the one, like I, it just gave my hair just stood up on an end. Cause I was oh, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was the voice that was talking to me. So I can, I understand when someone picks up, um, you know, a, a vintage Les Paul or something and plays it and says, Oh my gosh, like this is the one. Granted, there's combination of like you know neck feel and stuff, but that's why guys like to go to the guitar shop and and test the the instruments out. Yeah. You know, back then, now you just get get on the computer and if it looks good, you buy it. Yeah. And but the instruments back then were the manufacturing process was a lot more. I don't want to say sloppy because it wasn't sloppy. It was just different. It wasn't uh, you know the 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 standards on the quality standards and, and, you know, the tension on the wire and well, then they weren't all those little them... things, they weren't, you know, as long as it looked good and, and worked that it yeah. passed the test. And if, if the darn thing worked, put it in the guitar and get it out to the dealer, you know, that's yeah. what they did back in the old days. And now everything is just is real tight and it's all the same well, and it's consistent. Mass production. I mean, if you're going to you buy, uh, uh, you know, an Epiphone Les Paul, Right. It is different. There, there are some things, and that's probably for the most one of part. Them. They're they're pretty much all the same. I mean, yeah. and that's what you want. You can you pick want... up three different ones, and they're going to sound yeah, identical. You, you don't want to advertise something to as one thing and have it sound like right. another, right? But the beauty of doing of getting something like that is that you're not you, you can easily swap it out for uh, a, a hand winder like yourself or or uh, what's Wolf. A wolf tone, wolf heat. tone, something like that. So you could you could get a, a an epi an epi you know a cheaper one, but make it actually sound like a proper, you know. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's other there's the, other things yeah, going the, into the, you it. You know, but, the wood comes into play, and you know, some. I mean, depending oh, on what you're Gibson you thing. buy, there's yeah, that's a whole another animal, man. So, so uh, just in a nutshell. The, man, the the manufacturing times of the 50s and, and 60s are a lot different than now so you're going to get different results and and things like that so back to the paf pickup not all of them sound the same some sound better than others so okay so if i'm i i'm that's I'm, all a matter of opinion too by the way. okay so i'm joe consumer i'm coming to you and i'm like hey man you know i got this um, I got a Epiphone uh, uh, Les Paul, and I want. Um, I'd really like to get a P. I I, I want I want PAFs. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Then you have choices. Right. Okay. So if I said, oh, I want PAFs, or I said, oh, I, I, I just want a set of good hand-wound humbuckers, what's the difference? For, uh, for, like, for one thing, there's a lot of misconception out there that uh, people think the original PAFs were hand-wound. They were not. They were all machine-wound. Um, what? Yes, they were. What? Yes, they were. Holy crap. They were all machine-wound. Um, first on this Geo Stevens-type uh, four-bobbins-at-a-time thing that's similar to the machine that I use now. And then the Lee Sona was a little different. I think they did three at a time. Um, and then, uh, and to explain a, the the hand wind part of that, that is when you're just have holding a, the tension on it. That's right? you're controlling the tension and the layering. That's hand winding. Right. Same as scatter winding. It's not someone sitting there cranking it by hand. That's right. Or having a bobbin in your hand and you're winding literally it. just right. winding it. That would, so it's machine controlled, constant tension, and Right, uh, um, the layering, layering, is the, the, an auto versus, traverse. Right. Yep. So think of like an actual sewing machine. So it's basically like a sewing machine, kind of. And so, but that machine, the machines back then were so finicky. Yeah. And you know, you had to make adjustments on the time. That's where you get the difference. That's where you get the inconsistency on the uh, on the PAFs. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to get to a. I'm trying to get to this nugget. Of, are you are you saying that if I say, hey, I want a PAF, or if I say, hey, I want a hum, I want a hand wound humbucker, you're in your head, like are you like, there is no difference. Well, there is. Okay. There's get me there. There's uh when you hand wind and when you're you're winding and and when you change the uh tension of the wire yeah several times or if you when you're hand winding and you're layering you go back and forth naturally mm -hmm. but if you started doing that faster and you changed your pattern right uh that could create an anomaly uh which could possibly change the timber or the peak resonant peak of the, the okay. pickup itself so, so yeah the, so so the, is it the is, materials are the same right it's just how you put it the together. The size of the bobbin is the same. Right. The size of the center magnet or the the grade. So everything, everything is the is exact all... same except for machine wound and hand wound. Uh, can you hear a big difference if you totally right. do it? Uh, so you can if it's really, really, really different. You know, right. you'd have to have other attributes to, you know. To so, so let me ask then. If, if we, if I'm just, I'm, try, I'm trying to get my head around like this myth of the PAF. Okay. So essentially any, the only thing that's making the PAF is the anomaly in the winding. I mean, no, 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 sorry. Strike that is the non anomaly in the winding. Um, because you're saying it was machine well. Yeah, they were. Now they're different machines. Right. There were three different machines that they used on these PA in the fifties. Okay. And and John like I said, John Gundry knows more about when they switched machines and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um so please go to 
go check him out. But uh, you you had a you had a separate machine that wound the slug side, and that was called uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it that looks more homemade than any other of the machines. So you had actually a different winder that's winding one coil and another winding there that's winding the uh, you know the screw coil. So you have two different coils wound by two different machines. Right. Uh, that's that's a detail. Yeah. Um, the all the metal parts, like the you know the steel parts, like the the uh, the shoe, the spacer shoe that's beside the magnet that the screws go in. And oh, let me just dumb it down. It's just all the parts that they used back then. Um, they all contribute to the original PAF sound. Uh, the rarity of that pickup is is sought after. I mean, it's sought after because of the rarity. There yeah. there aren't that many of them made that way. From uh, so if I but if if but if I'm asking you to redo to one, right? If I'm asking for a custom pickup, like from you or any other custom well, builder, yeah. I mean, if and you I ask say me, I want a PAF style pickup, yeah. What are you going to do that's different than if I just say I want I want a set of your humbuckers what would i do that oh well if they said i just i just generally want a set of paf pickups yeah and i'll ask questions like do you want them covered do you want them uncovered do you want do you want them to sound hot or you know like uh, but you could do that to any humbucker really yeah well yeah and if they don't have any preference at all yeah um, they usually have a cover preference, but if if they don't have a preference with the the details, I'll uh, I'll make what I think sounds the best in in my opinion. Okay, and people like that, right? So that that it, I def, is that, that just goes to a default. Is that different than a regular humbucker though? No, that's a regular humbucker. Okay, so I mean, what? So a PAF is a humbucker. Right. So I'm trying well, yeah. to get to like, <laughs> so it, there's sort no, of a, there, there's, there's, really no, no there's zero difference. No, there is no difference. So when someone says, I want a PAF in your head, you're saying you really don't know what you're like. You're just saying a, a word, but you are asking well, for an actual humbucker. When, when somebody says PAF correctly, they're referring to the original design. Right. So that that means that it could be an Alnico two, three, five. Okay. One of those three magnets. Okay. And now then, we're getting somewhere. Right. Gosh darn. Why is well, that, that only be so took damn difficult? Twenty minutes to get there, but we're good. Well, you know. I'm just kidding. Keep we going. learned a lot of little key I points know, in between going. all the bullshit. So. <laughs> See that? Now we actually have to strike. Now I got to go back and edit that. Doggone. Oh, You're allowed to it. say that, right? <laughs> I don't know if you can. Yeah. I don't know. Can yeah. Yeah. Shit? You can. You can. What the heck? Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, if Mark Marin's, <laughs> dude, Mark Mark Marin says everything. Yeah. Um, so he, humongous uh, shout out to that guy. I love that guy's show. Anyways, go back. What's to the name of his podcast? By WTF. Way. That's right. Yeah. So okay. So uh, yeah, the the PAF, that's an abbreviation of that of, of the characteristics of that original Seth Lover design. Okay. So we're, you're really talking about very very minute differences that someone who truly truly knows pickups would be asking for that's but right. if a 
if a regular person who has who doesn't know the knowledge of that but heard some guys on some podcast saying PAFs awesome bro and right. he's like well dang I better get PAFs because that's what you do when you're when you're a, a, a beginner guitar player like you I I'm gonna share a real quick story okay I had to crack my knuckles for this one because <laughs> so I I was hugely into Kim Thale like he like. I learned – him and Billy Duffy taught me how to play guitar, okay? Not personally. They were not aware of that, but they did. Anyways, so naturally, what do you do? You're like, well, what kind of guitar does he play? He's playing a Guild SG style. Well, I can't afford that. So I just played the guitar that I had. But I could maybe try to get the amp that he has. So I went into the music store. I actually went into the Carvin store in California. It was just <laughs> close to my house. And I said, I want to buy, I'm looking for an app. She's like, oh, you know, what can I help you with? And I said, I want a peony. And he's like, a what? And I said, a, you know, a peony, P-E-N-E-Y. You know, it's got the real angular. He's like, yeah. I think you mean a peavy. Okay, now, <laughs> I'm with a couple of my friends, and I'm about to lose massive face. Because now I sound like an idiot who doesn't know what he's talking Oops. about. So I said, nope, I'm pretty sure it's called a bean. <laughs> and he said, and, and, you know, the guy was real cool. He, he, he understood, like, he's like, okay, I don't want to make this kid look like a jerk, you know. Right. And, and he, he humored me. He's like, well, let's see if we have any of those. And we went back and uh, I tried out an MPEG. And, and, uh, uh, and then there, there was a, a PV. <laughs> and uh he says you know i don't think we have any of the peenies but you might want to try this one out this is a pretty cool amp and i ended up buying the amp and he was just i've always remembered like it was more important to me to not look stupid at you know like 15 or 16 <laughs> than it was to actually just cop to it and go oh yeah man, i don't know i'm just starting out anyways well it was spelled all wonky anyway it was it was Jagged. hard to, it was hard to read so my yeah. point being that if I was that kid, okay, put me in those shoes again, right, and right. I say, yeah, I want PAFs, I really don't know what I'm talking about. Probably. Because eh. I mean, a beginner guitarist is not going to know the difference between, generally speaking, is not going to know the difference between Nelnico 2, 3, or 4 grade magnet post. Yeah. Right? Right. So... When we're talking about PAFs versus humbuckers, it, it's really not a. Yeah, the the PAF just stands for the Seth Lover design, but a humbucker stands for any pickup that's structured to uh, cancel sixty cycle hum. Right. So but, the humbucker is a broader range uh, term uh, used for, you know everything that falls under that category so here's my next question is gibson the only one that's allowed to use the term paf no the only person allowed oh, man. the only person allowed <laughs> to no use rules. the term paf would be demarzio because they trademarked that no. they trademarked <laughs> my head's gonna explode that's what right the hell? i don't want to i i you know demarzio has has trademarked a lot of things they that, trademarked the thing that they didn't come up with that's called intellectual property. Goodness and, sakes. And uh, 
It's called marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, wow. It's Good called the marketing. They, they were smart enough to do all this when we were little kids, and we didn't. Right. Yeah, we didn't okay, know anything so, about it. Oh, let me catch my breath here. So, <laughs> if I go in to ask you for a PAF pickup, I think that's actually like the eighth time I've I'll said know that exactly now. what then you, you want. Say, oh, so you wanted a Mars? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? They they basically trademarked the PAF to. Uh, they have a model that they built uh basically uh you know what i I really don't want to okay i really don't want to get out of uh sorts here and and misquote demarzio at all okay because they're we won't then they're very finicky and very careful about their trademarks gotcha so okay they're sensitive about that right there are there are people listening that's right all right so point being if you want a paf you're probably going to get what it sounds like a, just a, a humbucker. Just right. Like any other humbucker. You're going to get a an old Gibson style Les Paul humbucker. I okay. Mean, and when we say Gibson style, we're talking about output at that point. Or we're talking about. We're talking about all the characteristics about the Seth Lover humbucker that that he invented. Okay. And that has been in guitars were those ever since 1957. Those are typically a lower output than a like a, just a standard humbucker no. off the shelf. No, I'm getting no. everything wrong. The modern day humbucker, yeah, might be a smidge uh, more hot than you have. You have um, obviously there's different. You can get any. There's kind. so there's many different kind range. of humbuckers. Yeah, there's I'm, a huge I'm drawing general, range. big general. But you wouldn't call it a PAF though. A lot of people do because, like you said, people don't really know the the right the true meaning of PAF. Right. So. so if you're getting something on Craigslist and somebody says oh, it's got PAFs in it and it's more expensive, it's probably you want to do your homework. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Don't don't pay extra for PAF pickups unless they are That's right. like documented. Well, right? yeah, you you got to really <laughs> yeah. Please beware if you go on eBay and you look up PA and you want to buy an original PAF. If you're paying less than six or seven hundred dollars for an actual uh original humbucker from anywhere from 1957 to 1964 then it's probably not a real paf or it's broken and in which then i would buy it and send it to me and i will repair it (laughs) ching or anybody else yes that does that work um okay i'm not going to say that word the 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 p word anymore so if, so if i walked in and asked you for a paf pickup what what would you what well, what would i suggest <laughs> we could see a paf all day we just can't we just can't write it down and put it on a pickup okay cuz that's that's what demarzio does that's their thing they yeah. trademarked paf and they have okay. every right to do that all right so, gotcha all right it was just a slang word so that's yeah, nobody but, owned but it's, it. But it's a huge buzzword in the industry. And why is like, it called PAF, everybody? And maybe Be- I shouldn't say the industry because, like, yeah, oh, I'm not in the industry, and Jeff's not in the industry. We're we're just players, but we're exposed to all the conversations that happen around that, and that's well, one sure. of those words that gets slung all over the place. Demarzio wants us to talk about PAF. The more we say it, the more happier they are, because then. 
people look up PAF and, we and say they it three say, times, well, oh, look, here's the, the DiMarzio PAF model. That's what I'll buy. Oh, yeah. That's going to be nice. Interesting. And they will thank us for this. Um, okay. All right. I'm going to ask some more questions. But where did PAF come from? After it's this. Patent applied for. Right. Gibson stuck that on there on their pickups because they didn't have a patent number yet. So, Aha. so if you get a set that actually says patent applied for, then you have real PAFs. Aha. Now, be careful. There are many, many, many copies out there, and I actually make a copy too. So, that, please that's patent applied for. That's right. Oh, so, boy. right, I have that decal <laughs> on the back of my uh, uh, PAF. My, w- w- but to be one hundred percent clear, you are not doing that as a ruse. No. You're doing that when someone says, I want as legit of a copy as humanly possible. People want it to look right under the hood, so to speak. Right. That's where people who are rebuilding their reissue fenders put the stickers on the neck and all that business. Yeah. Well, like my aunt has this uh, shell of a guitar because, uh, you know, her son took it apart years ago. And it happens to be a real 1959 you know, burst or, or whatever. And this it, is just a hypothetical story. Now. Right. And, <laughs> but there's, I don't have the money to buy $10,000 pickups to put in a, you know, $125,000 guitar. So please, you know, that's a lot of make me some copies. Yeah. They are worth a lot of money. Yeah. Um, okay. And that's what I do. It's for restoration purposes and, yeah. you know, just for people just want it there. So, Everybody, please go on the internet, educate yourself, if you're interested in the original ones, by the way, on on what the decals are supposed to look like. Right. Don't get fooled. Yeah. Be careful. Okay. That was good. Thanks. Next question. And we're... we're Jeff, how are we on time? About an hour. Oof. Okay. I I'm going to make it quick. This is Woo-hoo. the other big lobby. Not lobby like a hotel lobby or a lobbyist, but lob like a big... I like it. Okay. Big fat question. Covered? Uncovered. Ooh, boy. Big argument. Um, A lot of people like to say, hey, man, I can totally tell the difference between a a covered pickup and an uncovered pickup. Right. So in, in just very simplistic thinking the idea that you would put something in that would come in between mm-hmm. the strings and the thing that's supposed the to be magnetic field right so if you're putting something in between that magnetic field in like on paper with a crayon that's like you're not going to get the same sound you know it's there is a this is what i can logically believe in my head is yeah. personally uh, the alloys that make up a cover are not magnetic. So they're not supposed to interfere with the magnetic uh, properties. But they do. They, no, they, they do they a little do. bit. I don't know. They do a little bit, but in my opinion, they do. And let me say that a fifth time. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, they do a little bit. and But it's not enough to... well. Some people say they can hear it with their ears, the difference yeah. with their ears, and some people say they can't hear the difference with their ears. So it's just a personal preference. If you think you can, 
then say you can. If you know you can't, just say, hey, I can't tell the difference. It's just a matter of can nobody's you really right tell or not? Nobody's wrong is just what you're saying. Just take a, take a blindfold so, so test. The magnet, you know, the magnetic field the magnetic is problem. not interrupted whatsoever by the cover. Are, are all covers? They're not non- all the same alloys. Right. So there's nickel, silver, there's copper. So there's... any type of metal probably would take on some form of magnification of some kind, unless it's, it was plastic. They will, yeah, that's not going to. Um, I think the covers do. They do mess with the magne- magnetic properly slightly. Just a touch. Just a touch. But can you tell? So when you That's say something me- you have to up. find out yourself. In your experience, have you found, like, what what property does it affect? Does it make it sound warmer, darker, brighter, dark, thicker, fatter, you know, whatever? Uh, it would, I would think if it impedes the magnetic property or yep. properties, yep. then it would be warmer. Okay. Because when you, when you think of impeding, you right. think of, you know. So you guys want to hear another awesome horror story? Let's do it. Guitar horror story. So I, I picked up, I mentioned this very early on in one of our earlier podcasts, but the, uh, one of the first guitars that I bought was um, an 84 uh, uh, Gibson Studio. Um, nice. Weighed a ton. Did it have the binding on the neck? No. Ah, those no, are rare. but that was a stu- yeah. So this was just you know it was studio. Anyways, great guitar, and uh, until <laughs> until Todd, the guy who who wants to change everything, got a hold of it. So what I ended up doing was I was I wanted I, I wanted the, the a better sound, and I noticed that. Um, a couple players out there, uh, Kim Thale, I think Slash at the time was um, also, coming, yeah. yeah, and and he was doing, you know, he had the the Zebra, right. and I was like, well, maybe I need those pickups to sound awesome, Seymour right? And uh, uh, so I said, well, clearly the covered pickups that are originally on this guitar aren't doing the trick. I need something with more bite, right? Mm. I had no knowledge of what gave sound bite. I didn't know that I needed other things like, oh, you might need a distortion pedal, not just the distortion that came on your crappy little amp. Yeah, you know all these things. So I'm I'm jumping to conclusions and not really understanding. I mean, heck, I, I, early on, <laughs> even earlier than this, I wanted to find out. Uh, because I was listening to Black Sabbath, and I wanted to hear how they were getting that the, the pinch harmonic, what I know now is a pinch harmonic. So I went into a music store, and I had read that, uh, uh, actually, uh, that I heard on Van Halen, and I was like, I found out he plays, he uses a flanger, so I'm all, I think I need a flanger. Must be a flanger. <laughs> Must be a flanger. And so he says, yeah, uh, okay, well, what, what kind of sound are you trying to go in? I'm like, you know that, like, like when and and so here I am again. Like, yeah, here's a flanger. Trying to explain <laughs> this thing. He's like, well, yeah, okay, well, we'll hook that up. And then he starts playing before he kicked on the flanger, the sound, and he hit right? a pinch harmonic. I was like, that's it, that's it. And he's like, 
oh man, you don't need a pedal for that. Like you just do this. And he showed me and I was like, all the secrets have been unlocked. Oh man. It's an amazing moment when those things happen. It is, but it, but it just goes to show you like, I didn't have anybody to ask. Right. You know, they, there weren't podcasts. There weren't videos out there. I mean, my dad, my dad played guitar all, all his life. And in that around the eighties and nineties, when I started playing, when I started, I'm sorry about that. And when I started playing, you know, I had to discover all that stuff myself as well. Cause yeah. I mean, dad just, dad never played black Sabbath or anything heavy like that. Yeah. You know, it was always just plugged straight into the amp and a little bit of reverb and your lead was your lead. That was it. That yeah. was the mind blowing lead part. You know, it was just the, that's the that's bridge. What I miss about the modern day music store. Cause yeah. back in the day you used to go sit in the music store and there's like a boys like five or six guys sitting around the front just wailing and playing and you just you would go there and you that was like the first lesson you would do you'd go and sit and watch these guys play oh yeah and you'd learn so much just by watching yeah now you like going to guitar center like it's not it's not fun no no you, you got the guy that's doing the heavy metal shredding in the background yeah. all the time yeah. and it's the same song um I will have to say that uh, our local musical round there's there's a, a fellow that that he spends as much time every single time I go in there he's sitting on the counter like playing something really cool I'm like that's cool you yeah know, it's know? not about that though it's just the fact that people used to go there to hang out yeah but that which was kind of like with the jam that he's kind of giving off there, yeah, there's a place yeah. like that in my hometown that people still go there and hang out they don't play as much anymore yeah. But we, it's it's like a little club. All the uh, Fremont, Ohio. Shout out to you, baby. When when we go to the guitar shop there in Fremont, the one on Ohio Avenue, the one that's been there since the seventies, Al Snyder opened up and and uh, Dustin now runs it. We go in there and, and we just, I don't know. We we talk about old times. We talk about current things. It's like going to the barber shop. Yeah, you know what I mean. And we all know each other. We've known each other for twenty, thirty years. It's, I don't know. It's just our element. It's a guy thing. It's yeah. just, it's so great being among those, those, I guess I'm one of those guys now, you know, yeah. when a young kid comes in and he hears us talking about guitars or whatever, like, or, or if we're testing something out. Yeah. You know, they're, they're watching. Yeah. So I, uh, there's still those places left. Just not very many of just them. Think unfortunately. If, I mean, if it wasn't for that kind of place, legitimately we wouldn't have had the Marshall amplifier because Jim Marshall's store. That's where like, you know, Townsend and, and all the, the little, yeah. the dudes hung out and he was like, Hey you guys, why don't you try this out? And, you know, and, yeah. and like that, that's how that whole thing started. That's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to my pickups. So I decided I took, I took it to a local shop that only did mods and repairs. There was like two guys in this weird little office building. And I said, I want to put these pickups instead of these pickups. And he looked at me like as square as he could, like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> and I had gone to another store and picked up these used pickups that were mismatched. <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. One of which was a DiMarzio. Whoa. And one was just a just some no name thing, and I and I got these used pickups, and I got them for a good price. Right. And 
I installed the, I had them installed in my actual Les Paul. <laughs> and then I thought, well, I don't need these old pickups anymore. Chuck. <laughs> I threw them away. Did it sound better to you? Or Oh, it was it was way more alive. I will oh, just say that. When you said Chuck throw him away, you just threw, threw him, him in away. a garbage can? No, no, I, I let him have them. He, he's like, oh, so okay. he you, here's your old pickups. And and I said, Oh, I don't want those. He goes, Are you sure? <laughs> Again. <Yeah. laughs> uh, the so I gave him the pickups. They're not you know, they don't command a huge No, but they were original to the guitar. Yeah. So then when I turned around to sell it, when I finally realized these pickups sound terrible after, you know, a lot of years, mm-hmm. I was like, well, what was I thinking? So I was like, and I, for some reason I thought I still have those pickups somewhere. I didn't, I left them at the store. Um, but then I was like, well, no problem. I'll just put ones that are comparable to that. What the holy expensive. So then I was like, I'm just going to get rid of the guitar. <laughs> It's funny because <laughs> and I traded for my those, Telecaster. Those old pickups, they hold their value and they do appreciate value over yeah. time. So yeah, I, I mean, I found was, comparable era, yeah, pairs, and they were they were really expensive, mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready because I knew I wanted to get rid of the guitar. I wanted to trade it out. It had, I, I just needed to move it on. Yeah. So, anyways, that's nice the story. Guitar. So, anyways, when it comes to covered versus uncovered, it's completely almost totally an aesthetic press preference Uh, yeah yeah, and you'll always get an argument there somebody will always you know argue with you about that and if somebody starts that argument with me i just say oh you know who's gonna do that you're like eight feet tall dude (laughs) right Uh, but if it's over the phone or via facebook or some crap like that i'll just say oh man you're right what was i thinking and I'll move on to something else. I don't, yeah. I don't have time to argue about something yeah. like that. Okay, last one. So we're I'm seeing an awful lot of um like the gold foil kind of style. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk about that. So it's just purely aesthetic. That pretty much is because there's unless it's a really real gold. Thick, Gold, you know, 24 karat gold. Yes. Well, yeah. Gold is one of the best conductors of electricity. Right. So when um, we're saying gold foil. Right. I mean, is real it actually thin. gold foil? Is it gold plated foil? Is it gold probably, colored foil? Probably plated and it's not real gold. Okay. Who knows, Maybe man? That The original foil, what, where'd it come from? Japan or China or something? I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, came from I, Reynolds. I guess if it was kind of magnetic or you know had some sort of, but I don't know. But I, probably I, not because a cover, uh, a yeah. thicker cover is going to have more effect than that would. Yeah. Okay. The, so just aesthetic. Just throwing it out there for anybody much. listening who's like, "What about gold foil, foil pickups? Foil, yeah. I really like gold foil pickups." Oh man, so much. We could still talk about this for another hour, but um, I, I, we, we don't want to do that right now. But we still have P ninety one hundred one coming up. That's right. And we've got um, gr- like the the grab bag of like, well, what about these crazy pickups and stuff? So we got more pickup talk, um, but we're gonna get interviews in between these episodes, so that's good. <gasps> Oh man! It would be nice to add to that next pickup. Maybe is 
innovation in pickup Ooh, or yeah. future innovation because it seems like such a archaic yeah thing. yeah like has anybody progressed this art or you can't it's well aside from actives yeah but, exactly. but jeff race has yeah mm. oh, so look, be well, in the let's, hold that. let's hold yeah. that yeah okay cool wow that was fun i love talking about this stuff you yippee okay oh, so doing? our top four um is appropriately humbucker style of choice yes and largely aesthetic this comes down style. to an aesthetic kind of thing but you know whatever you make those choices and that's what top four is about the choices Jared, mm. do it. This is very difficult. There are many versions. You have to pick one off the table right now. You got covered. You got if an I uncovered a, if set. If I was stranded on an island. You got a zebra set. You got a, <laughs> and by zebra, I just mean the, you know, the black and the cream. What, personally, what I would want if I. Gold foil. Right. If, if I were stranded on, you know, Humbucker Island. And right. I had to stick with only one Humbucker for the rest of my life. It just has to be. The old standard Seth Lover uh, PAF. I mean, I came close to saying wide range today, right? Because it's it's got a thicker sound. We're gonna talk about wide range in the grab bag because it is it is it's a bit of an anomaly. Grab baggy, yeah. But we're not thing. talking about sound. This is aesthetic, even aesthetics. Yeah, yeah that okay. too. I mean, I'm, it's, I'm it's with gotta you on be... that. I, my next guitar is gonna come back. <sighs> as far as color, no, covered, uncovered. An uncovered zebra or gold you foil. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it, uh, it'd have to be an old, uh, worn-down nickel cover. Okay. All right. It doesn't matter what's, what color the bobbins are underneath. I don't care. Okay. Just a nice, worn-down nickel cover on that plain old Seth Lover design humbucker. Right. Gotcha. Th- that's it. That's, okay. I like that. That's I'm a good choice satisfied. for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Jehefe. Oh, man. I do not have a preference necessarily. You, have to, really pick, you all, have to pick a pair off the table tonight. It really all comes down to the guitar that it's going on and the aesthetic of the guitar to me since it's going to be an aesthetic choice. So I do like the old style. Um. I never owned one, so, but I do like that style. If you have a certain type of guitar, yeah, which I do not own, we so. gotta fix yeah. that, my friend. Maybe we will. Yeah, maybe we will. I actually, I love a worn gold. <gasps> That's an awesome choice. Yeah, man. Why didn't I think of that? I don't know. Because <laughs> on each end, you have that. Actually, gold is plated over the nickel. Yeah. So first you wear down the gold, and then yeah. you see that nickel. Uh-huh. And then oh, you get the string striation running across yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. I like that, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. I like that better than what I originally said. Dang it's okay. It. There's room for everything. Yeah. All right, know. everybody. <laughs> I I just totally... <laughs> I, uh, Matt, the wine about it guy on, on uh, BuzzFeed, <laughs> that was his, that's his thing. Hey everybody! And he gets all drunk. It's great. Anyways, um, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and we are about out of time. What did PAF stand for? Well, that wraps it up for these knobs. 
Join us on Facebook on our group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs and on Twitter at guitar underscore knobs. We're also on Instagram at guitar knobs and on our website, theguitarknobs.com.